Welcome to Indie Reads Aloud, a storytelling podcast with your host, Diana Catherine Plopa. Come gather round, grab a snack, and listen to a story. Each week, we'll feature a new indie author with a story to tell. There are no long-winded interviews, no sales pitches, just stories. Most of the stories we'll tell will be family-friendly, but if they're not, you'll get fair warning before the reading begins. If you want to hear more, investigate the story notes for links to the author and where to buy their books. You can find us at dkpwriter.com. And now, sit back, relax, and listen to a story. Welcome back, everybody, to another super fun episode of Indie Reads Aloud. This has been such a great time. I, I wish sometimes that I record my green room conversations with the authors because sometimes meeting new authors is just a blast and a half. But what I'm hoping is that when you hear the reading today, you'll be so intrigued that you want to go out and get this book, just like all the others. Today, we're going to be hearing from Chloe Holiday. Welcome, Chloe. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. This has all, been so much fun. Yeah, you're all the way from Washington State, which is fantastic. Um, for those of you who haven't noticed yet, I have been keeping a map on Facebook so that we can see where all of the authors come from. And uh, I'll be posting a new one in the next couple of weeks. So take a look at that. We've, we've got authors from all over the world participating. But you're our first author from Washington State. So welcome. Cool. Thank you. So Chloe Holiday is a physician who is evolving into a novelist. She writes the things that she loves to read. Steamy, fun stories about extraordinary people in extraordinary circumstances, smart women and men who aren't jerks. She likes to read about friendships, either close women or good bromance. She wants all the feels. We all do. The thrill of a smoldering gaze or the bearish bearish brush of fingertips. Okay, that's a tongue twister. That I like that. <laughs> the shocked gasp at the underhanded villain, the angst of heartbreak, the joy of reunion, and of course, the happily ever after. So much fun. I gotta tell you, this I, I'm so excited to hear you read. <laughs> um, I, one of the greatest parts about this job is that I get to gush about authors that I love. And I know, just based on our conversation earlier, that you and I are going to be great literary friends. So I'm, I'm super excited that you're here. Cool. Thank you. Me too. So the book you're going to read today is Flyboy, and it's part of the All-American Boy series. Before you tell me about this book, and before we get into the reading, I just want to give everybody a little bit of an advisory. Um, there's a listening advisory for this. There might be some mature language and situations in this reading. So if you have little kids, um, you might want to preview this episode before you share it in open air. So, Chloe, tell me about Flyboy. What's this story all about? Well, this story is, um, it's about uh, a crop duster who wants to get out of the small town that has labeled him crooked 
and the heroine who comes back from Chicago, where she's trying to make it as a photographer, um, to settle her beloved grandmother's affairs. And the farm is un, it's in foreclosure, which she did not know about. And it would be so easy if she could just sell her grandmother's plane. But this man who did her wrong so long ago at prom claims he has a handshake deal with her grandmother to buy the plane. Uh-oh, I sense some tension on the horizon. What fun. All right. When you are ready, please take the microphone and read aloud. All right. Thank you. We'll, we'll start with a hero's day as he's up in the sky. The Crowder farm came into view. Since he'd never been there before, Travis did a quick flyover to check for hazards like congregations of waterfowl, power lines, and utility poles, utility poles, then settled in for the familiar swoops and dips of aerial work, dropping in low and slow with a precision release, feathering off when he reached the end of his run, then revving up to climb out in a smooth bank to come down where he left off and make another pass. Of course, it wasn't all fun and games. Crop dusting was dangerous work with precision maneuvers at near, <clears throat> at near stall speeds. And in the sun, the cockpit sometimes felt as if a gargantuan bully had, focused, had focused an immense lens above gathering heat and glaring brightness to the point of near combustion. Yet Travis loved aviation, from the zen-like focus of remaining in the moment to the sheer joy of soaring through the skies. And it was his ticket out of Deacon. Working as an owner-operator might be best long-term, since as a mechanic he could do his own repairs. In time, he'd weigh converting Juliet into a firefighting machine that could scoop water from a lake and ferry it to a fire. Anything to increase the odds of steady work out west. They paid decent salaries for that kind of flying, and all his time dust doing crop dustings would be viewed as a plus since those maneuvers took more skill than just zipping along from point A to point B like an airline pilot. First things first. He had to pay Juliet off before he could even think about modifications. Travis banked and made another run. Two tanks of fuel, three refills of fungicide, and six hours later, he was heading home. Hotter than blue blazes in the afternoon sun, and it'd be worse on the tarmac. A brief flash of reflected light came from the creek. A quick, refreshing dip would be fantastic. How long since he'd been there? The Monroe place he'd known as a boy had transformed into an upscale B&B, &B, but no one used the back way into the creek now that kids stayed inside their air-conditioned homes gaming. He'd grown up playing there and still stopped by when it was hot. Though the swimming hole was technically private property, Ava had never revoked his standing invitation. 
and she and the other girls were too sophisticated to haunt the creek now. If he ran into the game warden, Dutch, the man would turn a blind eye. Travis grinned, remembering splashing in the deep swimming hole in happier days. Trying, and failing, one night to convince Trisha that skinny dipping was a good plan, with only the moon to see them. He descended toward Deacon Intergalactic and swept into his downwind leg, turned to base, and entered his final approach. A perfect two-wheeled kiss of the runway, the tail settled, and he was down. At a girl, Juliet. He patted the dash, braking, and taxied to the fuel pump. After topping off his tanks, he fired up the engine, steered to the hangar, and ran his shutdown checklist. When Juliet went silent, Travis hopped out. He pulled off his damp t-shirt and tossed it on the wing to dry. He grabbed a spray bottle and cloth and went to work, cleaning bug parts off the windscreen and paint, then entered his flight hours in his logbook. Only 12 more hours until an oil change. Satisfied that Juliet was spotless and ready to go in the morning, Travis fetched the motorized tongue and pushed her tug and pushed her back into the hangar. He blotted sweat from his forehead with his t-shirt. A cold beer sounded great, but after a full day in the cockpit, he wasn't fit to be around anyone. Besides, it wasn't five o'clock yet, not quite. Travis climbed into his pickup, drove through town, and maneuvered down a dusty country road. He parked in a little turnout, then made his way through the Greenbrier to the silent, sparkling water of the creek. No one was there, as expected. Perfect. He wouldn't have to drive home in wet skivvies. A final glance around, and Travis stripped off his clothes, laid them over the branches of a little dogwood tree, and waded into the cool, still water of the swimming hole. Chapter 3. The Creek. Trisha. Trisha took another couple shots of the rose arbor and glanced back toward the Monroe house. She'd done spreads of the beautiful antique furnishings, the elegant stained glass windows in the study, and the flower garden. It was in full bloom, crimson snapdragon bells trembling from the bees gathering pollen within, the vivid purple sprays of salvia nodding in the slight breeze. She hefted her camera bag higher on her shoulder and photographed the vintage tractor they used for seasonal displays. Breeze or not, it was still Texas hot in the sun, going on 5.30. Maybe she'd slip down to the creek to do some photos there. She'd not seen any in Ava's promotional materials, and the, and the nostalgic shots might be good, inspiring people to book the place. Would it still have the rope swing? A photo of that would give the perfect carefree vibe that might get families to vacation there. She smiled as she traipsed down the shady path, remembering the weightless, out of control feeling when Travis had finally convinced her to try the rope swing back when they were kids. Flying through the air, then the loud splash and the shock of cold water from a cannonball plunge. The stinging of her thighs from rope burn 
countered by the flood of triumph that she'd done it. That day, the way Travis had grinned at her made her heart catch for the first time, and the feeling had soaked in as surely as the creek water did, right down to her skin, her bones more like. She closed her eyes, breathing in the scent of damp earth, and it was just like yesterday, the splash so real she could hear it. Trisha turned and snapped a photo of the house in the distance, framed by the heart-shaped leaves of the redbud and low dogwood branches, then strolled down the path, stopping to focus on a sumac leaf with early hints of the crimson fall coloration. She caught the shine of rippling water, screened by brush. Rippling? It had been years, but in her memory, the swimming hole was always placid until it was disturbed by frolicking teenagers. Could it be an animal drinking? That would be a nice shot if she were able to capture a deer or fox or a family of ducks. Might bring in nature lovers. She held her breath and eased closer around the tangle of green, greenbrier and scrub oak and swung her camera bag off her shoulder. Twelve feet away, a man shook dark wet hair and rose from the creek, wading toward the opposite bank. Water glistened on a broad muscular black that tapered to narrow hips. He strode higher and, oh my word, a naked man. Trisha froze at the sight of pale glutes contrasting with his tan thighs and torso, and her bag hit the ground with a dull thump. She'd just back away, if only she could move. The man halted on the bank, cocking his head, then turned, and Trisha's heart stopped. Good Lord! Travis Walker, in the flesh dripping wet, not a stitch on, and looking hotter than homemade sin. And here she stood, clutching her camera like some pervert. Don't look at his too late. Lord have mercy. Chapter four, caught out, Travis. An hour in the creek and the welcome chill had sunk deep. Goosebumps pebbled Travis's skin as he clambered out, grateful for the utter stillness and peace the secluded swim brought. A muffled thump behind him, or just water in his ears. He turned in case a coyote had sneaked up and froze. Reality was worse. Trisha Lee Carlisle stared at him, camera in hand, wearing denim and scuffed cowboy boots. The first time she'd ever seen him buck naked, and his balls had shrunk to the size of grapes. Damn it. This was not the way he'd wanted to reconnect. He crossed his hands over his shriveled package and sent her a smile. Nothing to do but bull his way through it. Hey, Trisha. She stared, eyes round, but didn't say a thing. Well, dang. There was no need for her to be so uppity. What's wrong? Cat got your tongue? Travis nodded to her camera. You get the shot you needed? Her eyebrows rose and she blushed like a peach. He couldn't resist. Or did you want a close-up? That jolted her out of it. 
Her eyes narrowed like she was fixing to pitch a fit. You think I'm down here taking pictures of your sorry hide? Though I might need a macro lens if I wanted to capture that little thing. She turned up her nose and crossed her arms. I guess you haven't changed at all. You still think the, th the sun comes up just to hear you crow. Yes, ma'am. I reckon so, he admitted. I was planning to come see you, actually. Her eyebrows climbed. See me? Whatever for? If I could just get dressed, maybe we could talk about it. Unless you'd care to join me? Travis grinned, unable to help himself. It had always been so damn fun to tease her, but he needed to remember that she was not the high school girl he'd loved, the one who'd sworn she'd never speak to him again. It wasn't smart to antagonize the woman, the woman who held the title to the plane. Sure enough, her face morphed into a full-fledged scowl. Fists on gorgeous hips, she said, you can kiss my grits, Travestine Walker. Come see me if you really have something to say. She bent to scoop up her camera bag in jeans so tight he could see the promised land and sashayed up the path. Damn, son. Not the high school girl, indeed. Not by a long shot. Travis pulled dry clothes over his damp skin and drove home, thinking. It was about the most embarrassing way to run into her that he could have imagined. But the good thing was it could only get better from there, and at least the encounter had broken the ice. Time to man up. When he got home, he texted the number Nana had given him in the event of an emergency, asking to meet Trisha the next day. She sent a terse reply, granting an audience. I'll take Jake with me. Trisha always had a soft spot for animals, and women love the yellow lap. It sucks that I need to use you to smooth the way, though, he told the dog, who wagged and grinned, though he was less happy about the bath that followed. The next morning at 10, Travis signaled for Jake to jump into the pickup, the cab this time, since it was so hot. The dog sat in the passenger seat, tongue hanging out as he gazed around. Try to charm her, Travis advised him. Soften her up for me. Jake wagged. Good as a promise, but it was but just to make sure it went well, Travis stopped on the shoulder short of the final bend and opened the door. Hop out and pee now. I don't want you hosing down her flower bushes. Jake leapt out and lifted his leg. Good dog. The lab raised his nose, whirled, and took off. No, bad dog. Travis slammed the pickup door. Jake, wait. Hey, come back. Damn it. Travis loped after him, but when he heard a feminine cry of outrage, he broke into a sprint. Ew, get off her. Travis tore up the lane to the yard. Jake was trying his darnest to hump a tall white poodle looking dog while Trisha hauled back on his collar. The thing had shaggy leggings like the boots of an exotic dancer, fluffy ears, and was otherwise sleekly sculpted except for a poof at the end of her tail. Well, hell, Jake, no, bad dog. Travis caught up and pulled his dog away, panting from the run, trying not to stare at Trisha's cleavage on display as she wrangled her poodle. Trisha glared at him. Is this your dog? Yeah, sorry. I don't know what got into him. Or maybe I do. I think your dog's in heat. 
The poodle angled her fancy behind toward the eager lab, wagging, and Travis got a better grip on Jake's collar. Trisha scowled. Even if she is, that's still no excuse. Yeah, it is. They can't help it. Just doing what comes naturally. He glanced at the la-dee-da pooch and tried to disarm Trisha with a joke. He just can't resist a pretty tail. Well, he'd better resist or I'll castrate him myself. She eyed Travis as if considering a two-for-one. There better not be any puppies from this. He's already neutered. He was just going through the motions. From her snort, that was the wrong thing to say. What is he doing here, anyway? Jake wagged harder, as if she'd praised him. I just thought you'd like to meet him. And that with maybe the sub and that maybe the subliminal would be good with the secret language of dogs and all. Her eyebrows rose. Secret language? It wasn't subtle in the least, let alone secret. Hey baby, let's get it on doesn't remotely qualify. She narrowed her eyes at Jake. You can stay in the bathroom, Romeo. Holding the door open, she pointed down the hall. Come on, Jake. Travis took his dog inside. Feminine shoes were lined up at the entrance, and he glanced at her bare feet, red toenail polish flashing in the sun at the threshold. The secret language of dogs means what owners extrap what folks extrapolate to the owners, he explained, slipping off his boots before she asked. You mean like rude and undisciplined? Ouch. He put Jake in the bathroom, told him, stay, and closed the door. He padded back to the living room. Strange not to see Nana puttering in the kitchen. Trisha nodded to the sofa. Have a seat and an apple if you're hungry. Thanks. He pulled his gaze from pretty feet to a glass coffee table, which held a bowl of fruit like always, a big new picture book beside it. No, a Labrador signals that a man is reliable, decent, and family-oriented. He spread his hands when she raised an eyebrow. Hey, you can't argue with science. Trisha snorted again and headed to the kitchen, graceful as he remembered. Science, huh? Thank heaven she was over her snit. Yep, a man with a pit bull or rottweiler is perceived as more aggressive, or maybe a lawbreaker. Well, damn, that hadn't been smart. Travis hurried on. And a lady with a poodle. Oh, Lord, just shut up now. She paused, her hand on the fridge door. Yeah? What's the great secret significance of a woman with a poodle? She jerked it open and pulled out a pitcher of tea. Well, hell. It, uh, women who own poodles are, uh, Supposed to be the kind most likely to agree to a one-night stand. His cheeks heated. Trisha blinked, her face completely blank. But instead of the expected explosion, she laughed so hard she spilled tea on the tray. She threw down a dish towel to blot it, carried the tray over to the coffee table, and handed him a glass before she dabbed at her eyes. You could be right, I suppose. Damn, is she offering? Travis choked on his tea. But Nan is not here to ask. This is her dog, Bella. Travis coughed until his eyes cleared up. We'll stop there. 
so much fun. <laughs> that was so great. I love your author voice. It, 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 there, there was. Oh, thank you. There was absolutely no um, disconnect between these characters and your reading. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Just oh, oh, thank you, thank you. Please got immersed into it. it. Oh, cool, cool. Um, so tell me, what was your favorite part about writing this book? Oh, I um. I just love an awkward meet, and I have to mm -hmm. say that that the creek skinny dipping thing, you know, is, is just horribly awkward. And so I like that, but I love a redemption story, um, and and I love, I love uh, a romance that doesn't entirely um, rest on misunderstandings, and yeah, and oh, I and, love that and I think it yeah. gives I think it gives more depth and and is less less tired. So that was fun, but also. Um, you know, I am not my characters and I am not writing about my experiences directly, but I'm a pilot and, and it was fun to incorporate the flying aspects, uh, into this story yeah, and, and to try to make them much, accessible. I was going to yeah. ask you how much research you did for that aspect of it, but it yeah, well, it was like thousands of dollars worth of research, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it, we all have done it, right? We've all read something that's just so wonderful and you're into it and then suddenly clang. Something yeah. comes out and it just makes no sense and you just, the credibility tanks and, and or, well, or and else it's it, so it, vanilla. It rips you out of the story when something yes. like that happens. It yes, makes it, it hard for you to get back into it. So right, it that, was, that was what I loved about your reading is that I, I was completely immersed in it. And, and I- Oh, cool. When, when you were wonderful. done- when you were done reading, I had to stop and say, oh, wait, my turn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Chloe, for introducing us to yourself and to your books. And I, I'm really excited to read you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been so fun to be here and to chat with you, too. Well, I hope you'll come back. I know you have lots of books. So I hope you'll come back and share another story with us at another time. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I'll be Excellent. here. Thank you so much. Have right, a nice thank day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Indie Reads Aloud Radio. We hope you'll join us again next week for another story. If you're an indie author and you'd like to share your story with us, Visit our website at dkpwriter.com to sign up and read aloud.